All right. Welcome back to Kiss My Grits. It is I, Aaron, obviously. So winter is coming, and uh, I pit my bike away for the, uh, you know, for the next uh, 18 months because, you know, it's going to be a long one, I feel like. It was a warm day today, and it got me thinking about just like, man, I wish I... Uh, Wish I can go out riding, but uh, I need to get a new battery for it. Kind of looking forward to next year. Hopefully, I have more time to ride it. And I'm, I'm thinking about probably taking it, you know, to a different state and trying to have fun with that, you know. It's been a while since I uh, rode somewhere really far. Um, the, I think... The furthest I went was Bloomington, Indiana, whatever school is down that way. I uh, visit my friend and, you know, man, I love just getting on the highway and vroom. But that was when I had the Honda CRV F3 600, 1995. Now I have a 2013 Harley V-Rod Muscle, V-Visceral, Visceral, Viscera, Viscera, Visceral, it's something like that, I, I don't, I don't really know, I don't, I don't care, it's a V-Rod, you know, uh, they stopped making these things, I think they made them for three years, so 2012, 13, and 14, and then they stopped making them, someone, I saw a YouTube video, someone had like, it was like a, 2019 V-Rod, but it was a custom V-Rod muscle. So I was just looking into uh, things that I need next year for, you know, the ride. I already got a leather jacket. It's a nice one. Uh, I picked it up. Oh, I got it this year. It looks like I had this thing for like five years. I don't know how to uh, take care of this leather. You know, uh, le leather? Jesus. And I should... uh probably research that and see, you know, see how I do that. So I can maintain everything and it can last longer and I can have it longer and, you know, everything like that. I It's going on about uh, five or six years since I got this helmet. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 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 I'm pretty sure. The first helmet I had was a modular helmet. And that's uh, when the face lifts up, you know, and my uh, chin, nose, and eyes are exposed. So it's like uh, how Iron Man helmet lifts up, kind of like that. And uh, that was cool, uh, but that that broke on me. I think I dropped it twice, like a like a hard, like a bad drop. I didn't fall and hit it, but like. I'm pretty sure I dropped it once, and there was like, on the Honda, on the back, like underneath the passenger seat, they have like a uh, helmet lock that you can put your helmet on with your scraps, you know? So you like, you know, where you loop the, um, you know, the scrap through, and then, whatever. Okay, you can put your helmet on there. So, um, I had, Two helmets, so no, 
No, no, no, no. I was at COD. I had the helmet on my bike, and then I had some shades on. And someone wanted to ride around the parking lot, so I'm like, yeah, how about a baked potato? I'll take a baked potato. <laughs> Pat and Oswald, don't worry. So, you know, I ride them, uh, around the parking lot, and I forgot to take my helmet off. And it just, like, kind of ruined the underside of it, like where their chin is. Like, the paint was, like, rubbed off, and, like, it, it rubbed some of the uh, the plastic, too. Like, melted it, you know, because, like, you know, the tire's moving, it's rubbing against it, friction makes it hot and all that whatnot. So, from the library, so I'm on, I'm on the highway, and for some reason, the, um, so, like, the face mask comes up, and then the visor can come up. So there's a screw, the screw for the face mask and a visor is the same screw. So the left screw somehow got loose. The screw fell out and and then the visor popped out and it just like tried to like flip off my face, but like the right screw was still in, so it caught it. And my head got snapped to the right, you know, not hard, because like I was, I was kind of seeing it happen as I'm trying to close the uh, visor and try to secure it. And I was going like, I was going like 75. And I'm just like, what the fuck? So I, I find, I pull over, I find like a stick, a little stick, and I stick that in the helmet to secure the uh, visor. And I rode home. When I got home, I sat that helmet underneath my table. I think I threw it away now. I, no, I don't. I don't have it. Uh, and then I bought this uh, Punisher helmet, uh, a HJC limited uh, limited edition, or it was. It's not anymore. Limited edition Punisher helmet. Like these things sold out. They released Punisher, Captain America. And Iron Man. I'm like, obviously, I'm getting Punisher. I got the Punisher helmet. And they were, like, sold out the first day that they were released. So this helmet come in the mail. And I had this helmet ever since. I think that was, like, okay, maybe four or five years ago. It wasn't, like, terribly long ago. But it was it was some time ago. So I got this helmet. And apparently, you need to re uh, replace your helmet every five years so um for some reason I, I come across this article uh how often should you really replace your motorcycle helmet and uh, i was looking through it i'm gonna read the first paragraph here here at bike bandit we sell a lot of motorcycle helmets we encounter this question a lot when are you supposed to replace your motorcycle helmet like almost all retails retailers in the industry along with the manufacturer themselves our standard answer is very general. Recommend that you replace your helmet every five years. So this got me looking at, you know, different helmets uh, and what I, what I want to look for or wear next. There was a time I was like riding and I saw this guy with like an EVA helmet, you know, and he had a, it was gold and the visor was gold with a blue tint to it and he had a pink mohawk. And I'm all like, that guy is living it to the fullest. Like, I want to be that guy. But, like, you know, I don't want that helmet. I'm just like, that guy's, he's cool. 
I just wanted like a like a standard nondescript helmet. I don't want like a crazy helmet, like a helmet with like a uh, cowboy hat glued to it or anything like that. Like I, you know, I like cowboys. We all know that, but I wouldn't want that. Like other people having it, and I'd be like, hey, look at that guy. But me, no. So and then they were talking about uh, the integrity of the motorcycle and how it gets um, how the integrity wears out. And so here we go. Uh, what really wears out a motorcycle helmet? The truth is helmets do wear out and break down and lose some degree of their effectiveness over time, but do not generally. What am I even reading? But do not simply do to age. An untouched helmet will slowly deteriorate on its own, but the vast majority of helmets deteriorate comes from three factors. The amount of use, the maintenance practices, and the initial build quality. So I think this helmet was built pretty good. I haven't dropped this, and I'm talking about uh, my current helmet, the Punisher H HJC. I haven't dropped that one, and it's pretty good. It was built good, but I feel like it could have been better quality than it is. Need a new helmet, so I'm gonna look into getting a new helmet uh, this year, uh, or about the end of the year, early next year, whichever. Before it's motorcycle time, I'm gonna look into getting a new helmet. What does the uh, expert say? Ultimately, the useful service life of a safety helmet is dependent on the intensity and frequency of its use. Helmet replacement is recommended not only for one of the under-mentioned points applied. So if it's subject to impact, the comfort pattern or retention system become loose due to heavy use or design or display signs of deterioration. So mm, I think for my first helmet, I think that just, that just degraded a lot and that's why that screw came on, uh, came undone. It's because it was just like, it was not great quality. It was a poor build and uh, it, it, it was at the end of its life span. Because like, I knew before that day, before that happened, that the helmet was reaching its end of its life. So that was kind of me. The foam pattern displays heavy signs of uh, usage. The helmet feels loosed. That helmet, I think I got that in a size too small. Or it's my hair. Maybe, oh yeah, because I definitely got the helmet when I didn't have hair. So now that I do have hair, it feels tight. And sometimes I wear a hat because I have a, my hat has like headphones in there. So I can like listen to music and not have the earbuds in. And like the earbuds, they fall out and like, it's just the earbuds are bad so like i like the hat with the audio inside of it because like i could just stick my finger underneath there and adjust it instead of like you know digging around underneath my helmet trying to like get the earbud back in my ear that's really annoying to do revzella how do you say that um it's what i was looking at they got some okay i got some cool helmets but you know more of the story five years when it comes down to the rough estimation of amount of wear and tear of an average helmet, that that's about it. So with me, I'm riding this thing every day, winds pounding it. 
I'm running in the rain. I'm probably going to need to replace my helmet every three and a half to four years for me. So I'm going to take that as, as is. And then I might keep my old uh, throwaway. Like uh, when I get my new helmet, I'm going to keep the Punisher helmet. And then after that time period comes, after, you know, three and a half years, I'm going to get another helmet, going to throw away the Punisher helmet, and then use the helmet, you know, my my uh, second newest helmet as the backup helmet, just in case. I do have a passenger half helmet. That's just, It just covers, like, the head and, like, the back of your neck. That thing's just sitting in my car. Um... And I'm not sure if this applies for full face helmets or half helmets because like a full face helmet has more components and more technology put into it. It's like more to maintain than like a half helmet, you know, so check that out and do some research about that. But I don't think I need to replace that one as uh, as soon as I replace a full helmet, especially because I'm not using that one. And that's a half helmet and it has less components to it. But anyways, so hope you guys are doing good. I was on backstage again, looking for my next whatever I want to do. And I came across the Vic in Chicago. I'm all like, hey, I'm looking through the roles. They got a Rex lead, you know, a low, uh, low level weed dealer who quickly get in over his head. Doesn't sound like me, but hey, whatever. Uh, Natasha, uh, black, uh, uh, T black, <laughs> T black supporting. Ooh, I can support really good. I can't carry anything, but I can definitely support T black is a stone cold killer. Dollar dollar bill. Y'all he thinks Rex ripped them off. So he's hunting him down. You know, you gotta be, uh, you know, of the, uh, urban culture to play this role. So I applied for that. Um, they sent me their, uh, they sent me a message pretty recently. Thank you for showing the interest in our project. Um, this was what you need to do. And then, you know, I'll send them a message back and uh, I'm going to see where that goes. It's going to be, uh, they say, yes, set for January. These roles shoot in Chicago. So we're going to, we're going to see how that goes. Kind of, if I get this, um, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to be a hard, hard motherfucker, you know. I'm like, Rex, going to take my motherfucking money? You think you can get away with it? Huh? You think I was going to find out that you took my money? Huh? I thought we were a family. You know, some shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, they told me I need to do like a self uh, tape, so I'm trying to figure out like if they got like a script for me or if they want me to improv something. I can do either. So, hopefully, I will want to improv it more than them send me a script because like I can I can play with it, you know. There's so much more I can do. You know, so. Uh, looking at that. And they wanted someone for like a commercial. I threw that in, you know, I can do a commercial. You guys like to brush your teeth or, you know, whatever it is. Okay, so what did Reddit want? 
uh, hurry up, you have less than 200,000 years to use the upcoming coupon. Okay, what the hell is this? I joined the Audible subreddit and uh, I got like five free books because this guy was all like, hey, you wanna, you want my, uh, hey, like, hey, you want my book? I got five books and I, they just got released on Audible. Send me your region and I will give you copies of the book until I run out. So I like, I emailed a guy like, hey, I'm in America, you know, hey. And he gave me uh, uh, five of his books and the first one was uh, good. It was actually the one that I actually uh, wanted to talk to you about or, you know, talk about. It was the the Forgotten Murder. So, the Forgotten Murder. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that was like two, two, uh, that was like two podcasts. It was like the second one I made, I think. So, it starts off with a girl. She woke up. She had... Um, d d oh man, I'm trying to remember this all from like uh, a month or two ago. So I think it was two months ago. So the forgotten word starts with this girl. She's working in this in his convenience store, and she's like in her head, you know. She woke up. She was like, you know, I woke up some time ago, and I don't remember who I am. I don't have any identification on me, and you know, like like she has amnesia, you know, or a mental block. Because sometimes people experience things so horrible that, that they mentally block it out and they don't remember it at all because like their body is like, you can't handle this, so I'm just going to make you not rem remember it. Uh, personal uh, whatever trauma, uh, Archer season four started off like that when he did that crossover with Bob's Burgers, whatever that is. So she's in this, uh, she's working under the table, different jobs, different people and everything like that. So she's in this grocery store putting things on a shelf, and then all of a sudden, a robbery is happening. So she approaches the front, not knowing it's a robbery, and then she got uh, she got razzled dazzled, you know, in back of the head. She falls out. She wakes up. She's talking to this detective. She's talking to this detective. She's just like, "Oh man, I don't want to let this guy know that I don't have any ID." And everything like that because like he can put me in the system and then my life will be so unenjoyable you know so even though she wasn't like in a good situation at the present uh being you know homeless and making two dollars an hour in like 2015 which is like you know why why are you even paying me at all he's talking to her he's talking to her he's talking to her and he shows her the picture of the suspects and he's like, do any of these guys look familiar? And she's like, like before she even looks at them, she's like, dude, I got knocked out. They have masks on. But as she looked at the pictures, she saw like um, if the person's, if she looks at their picture, she can see how they died or what happened to them or something. They never quite explain um, how it worked, you know? And they tried to explore it in the book, but like the book, wasn't that long for them to explore it fully you know it was like a five-hour book so anyways so she was like oh that guy died like his it was like four people it was three people robbing the store she only saw two of them and the third one knocked uh you know razzle dazzled her so she she's looking at one of the three guys, and then she's like, he's dead, and the other two killed him to cover their trail or something like that. And the, and the cop's like, 
why didn't you tell me that, you know, an hour ago? She was like, well, I just saw it. She was like, he was like, what do you mean you just saw it? And she like tried to explain to him. He's like, uh, yeah, you're crazy. But she gave him a, like, you know, like, hey, check this alleyway. You know, she gave him the, the scene of the crime. So then the next day he he's like looking at a database to see if there's any John Doe's coming up or anything like that. And he, you know, comes across like, holy crap, she's right. So he goes back to the uh convenience store find out where she's at go to her closet you know as they described it so he was like hey um you help me solve cases and i'll let you you know live with me and i pay you as an informant and things like that so she was all like you know bad money you know so he takes her home and uh they start living together uh and he'll bring home a case he'll show her pictures and then she will tell him what went down and then he'll put the clues together and you know solve the case so like they were solving cases too fast so they were trying to slow down with it and this is like you know they solved like uh they solved four cases total the first case was the grocery store case and then like the it was two more in the middle and then like the last case uh they um are i'm gonna just talk about the ending so you know this this book isn't like terribly interesting i mean if if you read anything else with amnesia or saw a soap opera where some guy had a twin brother you can totally tell what is going to happen at the end of this book which i did and that's why i wasn't like you know it was like it was like all right but it wasn't like you know it was all right it was like a story you know so this old couple comes and they're like, our sister or our daughter is missing with her family. And we do not like the the son-in-law. And we think that he killed her. And so they're like trying to like find these people. And then the guy's not asking for her help because they need to slow down and, you know, solving a case. So initially she joined him in the police station talking to them. He didn't like tell her anything about the case. He was just like, come, you know, with me and, you know, see what happens. So like, you know, they're in a police station, they're talking to these, uh, these two old elderly couple or this elderly couple. And she just gets this, like, you know, her sixth sense, like your family's dead, your daughter-in-law, her family's dead. And I'm sorry. And then, like, they start crying, and the guy's like, don't tell her that. Like, right off the back, just, you know, lie to her first, you know? And she's like, for what? Why? You know, we start the grieving process, and then, boom, you know, they'll be over it faster, you know? So, you know, as much as they can be. So then he sends her off, and then, like, she's, like, hearing voices and things like that, and, like, she discovered that, like, those were her grandparents, and then, like, she killed her parents and her uh, siblings, and the grandparents were worried about the son-in-law because the son-in-law knew that the girl was like, you know, Carrie, you know, Rage Carrie. And he was trying to keep her away from like everybody else. So that's why he was like trying to, you know, keep her or his family isolated from everybody else because like he didn't want them to know that like that little girl was a psychopath instead of like. Like, there's, like, a voice in her head saying that, like, oh, we can kill everybody and, like, you know, go under the radar again. Because, like, from when she woke up with amnesia to the beginning of the story, it was, like, it was about five years. 
Um, so like the voice in our heads, like trying to tell them to do that. And like, they can't catch us and we got a head start and things like that. And she, she just like turned herself in. And, um, as she's like walking into like, it was, there was a court hearing and then she gave them all the evidence against herself saying that like, you know, she did it. And then as she's leaving the courtroom, she looked at the detective and then she gave him like the, her vision of like how she killed her family and like walked off into the night and then he saw everything that you know she did and like that was the end of the story uh besides like her saying that she was like she was in prison for life and like she didn't have any visitors besides her grandmother that visited her one time but she saw how like lost she was in her eyes and um you know just ran off and never came back that was <laughs> my summed up version of the forgotten murder. But um I started to listen to um Helldivers book six book six again and Helldivers uh look it up is a pretty good science fiction book. Uh science science fiction. Yeah science fiction. It's not fantasy. Yeah science fiction. Um so yeah. I summed it up as best as I can from, you know, when I listened to it. Um, but that's pretty much the gist of it. So I got four more books by this guy that I'm going to listen to and, uh, we're going to see how that turns out and like, you know, how much I like them. I'll let you, I'll give you a, you know, a heads up when, uh, that happens. Okay. Back to motorcycle, <laughs> motorcycles. The reason why I got into motorcycles is, um, I was going to my step cousin's house, my uncle, was uh got married for the third time he rode a motorcycle he fell off that motorcycle that i know of like seven times and one of the times he fell off the bike i thought he uh i thought he lost his legs <laughs> but in reality he was on his knees like so he was like you know popping a willy down jackson where i grew up and then he got to kilbourne and some guy blew the stop sign and he dropped the bike too hard to like swerve around it that like, you know, he bounced and then like the bike just slid, you know, and then he's flattened like right behind the bike. And then he like pops up and he's like, you know, kneeling down on his knees and he's talking to the guy that like ran the stop sign. And from down the street, this this like I'm just seeing this a block away, like I hear it and then I look down and I see him kneeling down. His legs are like blocked by the motorcycle. He's behind a motorcycle. And I see him talking to this guy. I'm sitting there just like, holy shit, he lost his legs. So I run in the house. I'm talk I'm getting my uh, cousin AJ. I'm like, AJ, Uncle Bug, got no legs, you know? So I pull him outside. I'm like pointing down the street. Like, look, he got no legs, man. He fell off the motorcycle. He don't got no legs. <laughs> AJ's like looking down the street. He's like, I ain't got his legs. They're just behind a bike. You can't see him, you idiot. And slap me in the back of the head. Uh, so I'm, I'm watching and he gets back up. He picks the motorcycle up and like kind of walks it down back to the house, you know? <laughs> oh man, he told me a couple of stories. Uh, he fell off coming back from Mississippi. He used to ride his bike down to Mississippi. He was coming back from Mississippi and he fell off his bike. He was on probation. So he wasn't even supposed to be in Mississippi in the first place. So. He said that he fell off the bike and his like all he was thinking was, man, I just filled up this tank. <laughs> I just I just feel, he's sliding down the highway. 
Um, he's sliding down the highway at 80 miles per hour on his ass, and he's just like, the only thing I thought was I just filled up this tank. <laughs> so then this lady pulled over. She's like, oh, my God, are you okay? She's like trying to like, you know, like, oh, let me uh, take you to the hospital. Let me call the cops. He's like, no, shut up. Don't tell anybody I was here. All right. Shut up. No, don't call the cops. Don't call the ambulance. Call nobody. Okay. Forget what you saw. And I'm getting out of here. You better not tell nobody. You know, he's getting on this bike. He got up and like, you know, rolled off, you know. And, you know, he had to fix the bike when he got back uh, in, you know, Illinois and things like that. But anyways, so uh, I remember a time where he, you know, like when you're walking to the street and then there's like a like a path to the, to the curb from from the sidewalk. He had his bike like sitting on that and I was on it like in front of the house and I was on it like playing around. And um, my cousin-in-law, uh, Pooh. He was there with me. He was, he was like older and stronger than I was. I was like a weak kid, you know. He was like, watch me play. And then I, uh, you know, the kickstand's on the left side. So I rocked really hard to the right side. And that thing just started to fall. And I jumped off. I'm trying to hold up this motorcycle. I'm like eight years old trying to hold up this motorcycle. I'm like, dude, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm calling, boy, help me. Help me, help me. He's, he's up because he was like, he was like, he's upstairs, sleep. You know, the room that he was in, like, all he had to do was, like, sit up and, like, look out the window. He can, like, just see his motorcycle land on the ground, you know? So I'm, like, screaming at Pooh to help me. And he's, like, laughing. He comes over there, help me. We throw it back on the kickstand. I'm, like, oh, shit, thanks, man. And I, like, run in the house. And I'm just, like, I ain't, I ain't touch that thing. I ain't go near that thing. I don't know what that is. And um, that was fucking, that was fun, you know, and scary at the same time. So uh, I think we're going to. Uh, Pooh's house, his mom was Stephanie. So we're going over there. It was like five of us in the car. And then I thought it was going to be six because they were like, you know, Uncle Bud's coming. I'm like, all right, you know, I get in the car. I'm like, where he at? And then they're like, oh, he's coming. He's riding this bike. I'm like, you know, like, I'm like, it's it's raining outside, you know? Like as a kid, I'm like, oh, snap, what's going on? You know, we take off and then I see him come out the, uh, the Violet in between the apartments that we lived in on that bike, come off the curb, boom, 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 catch up with us. Like we're two blocks away, just boom, catch up with us. You know, I just watched them. I, you know, we were driving for like, uh, we we're driving for like 35 minutes. I just watched them the whole time, looking out the back window the whole time, him riding the bike following us. And I was like, that's when I was all like, dude, I need to get a motorcycle. And uh, yeah, I got, I got a motorcycle. <laughs> I achieved one of my childhood dreams and I'm proud of that. I don't I don't care what you think. I'm proud of that. 17 years from that moment, 17 years because like um dude they when they arrested him, we we're all in my grandma's house. I think it was like it was like it was close to Thanksgiving. It was it was close to it. It was like like just after Thanksgiving because we still had a lot of food left. I'm I'm still a little kid, you know. So like he he in the front room, you know, hanging out. Uh, my grandmother's coming from the kitchen. My cousin's somewhere, and I'm standing like you open the front door. You're you're immediately you know when you come in the front door, it's not really a front door. There's like a middle, a middle. It it drops you off like kind of towards the front of the house, but like in the middle of the house. I I can't explain it to you, but anyways, but like when you come in the door, you're immediately in the Dining room, and then to your left, door frame, 
living room and then like a bedroom and then there's a bedroom from the dining room it's a hallway bathroom to the left and then kitchen on the other end of the hallway and another bedroom there my grandma was coming from the kitchen because she's like she always she's always making cakes you know she's always making making cakes that's why i don't um just so you know i don't like chocolate and when i was a kid my grandma used to make uh, cakes for the church every single day multiple cakes every single day german chocolate cakes with chocolate chips chocolate coconut frosted like just chocolate fest and she used to give us the you know the remainder when she's done making the cake she you know give us the the bowl that you know she made the cake in and we take the spoon and we uh, eat all the the batter out of it and things like that and like, as a kid, I was like, this is too much chocolate. It's going to shut my little body down. Like, I'm done for the rest of my life. Um, I eat chocolate now, but, like, I, I won't be like, yeah, give me some of that. Yeah, that takes some chocolate, you know? I try to stay away from it as much as I can. So, anyways, so she's coming from the kitchen. I'm standing, like, um, we have this big uh, china cabinet in the diner dining room, and we had a laundry basket. Uh, the china cabinet was in the middle of the wall. Um, so we had a basket in between the china cabinet and the window. And like, when you walk in the door, like the window is like immediately in front of you on the opposite side. You just, you're just looking at another apartment building brick wall. So like, um, it gets quiet and then you just hear a boom from the back door. And then you hear, freeze, get down, get down, get down. I'm just like, you know, what the fuck's going on here? And then the front door get kicked open. Boom! I'm like, oh shit! So I open up the basket lid and I jump in the basket, and I'm hiding in the basket. I'm like, like you can clearly see me in a basket because it has like holes in it. <laughs> it was like it was like four shirts in there in the bottom. So like you know, I'm 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 in a basket. I'm like looking. I'm like, oh shit, what's going down? They fucking search in the house. They drag my uncle out the bedroom. They handcuff him. They take him downstairs. They're questioning everybody, and then like that was it was. It was over. I mean, the whole thing for me, it felt like it lasted like 15 minutes. Like them coming to the door, screaming, arresting them, throwing them in the car. He was in jail for 15, uh, 15 years. So he gets out. You know, I got my bike at this point. And I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Look at this bike, man. I got this bike because of you. You know, he's like, yeah, it's a nice bike. And then, like, you know, uh, that got totaled in the library parking lot. Then I got the Harley. And then, you know, he, I'm like, hey, this is my next one. You know, you just, uh, you know, died or passed away wherever you want to call it you know playing the uh, guitar with Jimi hendrix sleeping with the angels you know whatever you know he's he's, he's doing a long uh he's doing a long sleep it's been about it's been about 14 days i thought i'd talk about that since you know i was on the topic of motorcycles so i figured you know what the hell like why do i got the motorcycle who inspired me to get the bike you know that inspired me to get the bike and it's freedom on a motorcycle, especially when it's like there's no one on the highway. There's no one on the back road. It's just you, your bike, the roar of the engine. And you just feel that wind pounded against you. You feel unstoppable until you hit some gravel. <laughs> they gravel will fuck you up. Um, the first time I almost fell off my bike, it was wet leaves that almost took me out. There's like a forest uh preserve you know close to where I, where i live and uh it just got done raining so i like you know this was when i had the uh, honda cvr i was turning the corner like i can turn with that motorcycle i can turn like on 30 
But luckily, you know, I had sense and I was like, you know, let me not do that when it just got done raining. Because like when it's like raining, 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 you know, when it's just like hard, when it's like a hard pour, you'll be totally fine. You know, but if it's like if it just got done raining or if it's a, like a light rain, that's when the roads is more slipperier, slipperier. You're more likely to slip. <laughs> Jesus, I can't talk. You're more likely to slip when it's just like a little amount of water. Than like a big amount of water, you know, like if it's completely wet other than it's wet in patches, you know, I was like, you know, let me, let me not take this corner like a champ. So I take the corner and I'm looking at that leaf and I'm just all like, man, you think that's wet? <laughs> that was my thought when I saw the leaf. I was like, man, you think that's wet? And my back wheel hit it. That back wheel almost came from under me. I fishtail. I definitely fished. I had to put my foot on the ground to kick off. And I got back up. I was like, dude, almost. I made it this far in life to 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 slide on a leaf and die, you know? <laughs> Man, I, I hate that. Slide on the leaf. Whew. Got myself out of there. And I was like, whoo, that was a, oh, I almost took a slip. Slipping slide. You know, got home. I was like, "Woo!" Wrote on my little uh, my ledger, Harold uh, <laughs> from Dark, uh, not Dark Tower. Harold from uh, the Stand called his journal the ledger because he's a psychopath. And like that was a joke. I'm not like a psychopath, you know. <laughs> um, Tien described me as a, uh, oh, he's completely untrustworthy, but he won't hurt you. And I'm all like, I'm gonna put that on my dating profile. <laughs> so, um, anyways. So, um, yeah, I wrote about it. I was like, shoot, wet leaves to get you. Um, the, um, the lines, the painted lines, you know, the indicator lines and signal, those will get you too if they're wet. And obviously manhole covers will uh, get you when they're wet. That's That's typically what you should watch out for, that you think that you shouldn't watch out for, but leaves, manhole covers, and the scripts that they paint on the ground. So, so yeah. And uh, I got hit at the, uh, there's like a 7-Eleven uh, that used to be a white hand on 31st Street in LaGrange Park. Going over the, going over the uh, train tracks to get to Brookfield. So I'm coming at uh I'm coming out of there. No, I'm going to the seven eleven to pick something up. No, 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 there's a subway over there. I'm going to the subway to get lunch for my coworker and I. And I see this old guy getting in his car. And then I'm coming to the parking lot. I'm I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, watch this guy just he's just gonna bag up without like, you know, looking around. Because I thought I was gonna make it past him. Before he started driving, because like he's old and he was like, you know, you got you know, to get in your car, you got to get situated. And then you like you look around and you start backing up. But this guy just got in his car, turned it on and start backing up. And um, as I'm thinking, this guy's just going to start backing up. Those brake, those uh, reverse lights, the brake lights come on and then the uh, reverse lights come on. And I'm just like, shit. So then um, I knew that I couldn't accelerate past it. And I can't bag up. So what I did was like I stopped, I hit the I held the brakes, and then I leaned the bike all the way to the the left. 
So like I'm kind of like doing a lean a lean in with my left leg, and he hit my muffler and kind of like rolled up the muffler. And then he like you know noticed that he's like on something. He drove forward. And he got out like oh shit are you okay? I'm like yeah like I kind of knew you were gonna do that and you know I prepared for it like you know it's okay. You you like scratched the hell out of my muffler but like it's a muffler you know and I got this bike for six hundred dollars like three years ago, you know that's my first bike you know just go ahead it's fine you know it's not fine but like this particular case is fine so you know just go about your life buddy. So then you know that's 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 the first time I got hit by a car, well, technically got hit by a car uh, on my bike. There's one time, this is like maybe a, a year and a half ago. This is when I knew that this bike was on its last leg. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going down to Bloomington, Indiana, and uh, there's this BMW and like he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and I'm all like, uh, you trying to race me? You know, I'm like looking at him. He's like, you know, like, you know, like we're going like uh, 40 miles per hour. And like he's just like, you know, you know, pin some pin some extra RPM, you know, on this on this, uh, you know, odometer odometer whatever he's he's kicking up some extra rpm so i'm like yeah yeah all right all right all right, all right yeah let's go i take off i'm in like third gear no he's coming up i'm like all right kick it up to fourth gear take off a little bit man he's still gaining I'm, boom fifth gear i'm flying you know He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. He put it in, like, sports mode or something like that. That thing starts coming up hot on my trail. So I'm all like, well, I got one more for you. I put that thing in sis gear. And then he started coming up on me again. So uh, what you can do is, like, you don't need a clutch when you shift sometimes. But, like, if you're fast enough, you can just, like, shift without clutching. So I hit the, I hit the clutch down. Boom, just dropped it down without uh, touching the uh, clutch. Not what... I shift down without touching the cluff real fast, like boom. And then what that did, I went back to fifth. So like it pit my I kicked my RPM way up. So I'm like, I'm about to redline it. So then I pop it back to six. Boom. Boom. And then like some cars were coming up. And I'm just like, I gotta drop down. I gotta like slow down and then drop down two two gears and then come up one gear. So I'm going from six. I'm using the clutch now. So I'm in sixth gear, pop it down to fourth gear. Hit that gap, pop it up the fifth gear, boom, get back uh, in the middle lane. It was three lanes. Get back in the middle lane, BMW's kind of like, kind of behind me. So I'm all like, I can win this with this final push. I try to go to upshift. Here it go. And I'm just like, what the hell is that? So, like, you know, the BMW passed me. I pull over in the big boy lane. I pull over uh, on the median. I look back, my back wheels hanging off and like it's just like one nut is holding my back wheel on like <laughs> like like you twist that thing one time that wheel's off and i'm just like holy shit man that was fucking awesome like you know like i could have died but like man that was fun because it, like you know it was fun to me because like you know that that situation was just like completely dangerous and i i kept my fucking cool and my chill the entire time like 
even when I got off the bike and assessed the situation to see how like how much danger I was really in, I was still like, oh shit, I'm fucking good. You know, that's my thought process. It's like, oh shit, I'm good. Other than like, I just fucking did something stupid and almost died. And I was like, fuck yeah. Uh, so um, it started to like downpour. I'm just like, shit. So I'm like, uh, there's an overpass ahead of me about uh, three-fourths of a mile. So I'm just like, oh, I got to fucking push this broken motorcycle over there. So like, I kind of shift the wheel straight, you know, take the chain off, straighten the wheel as best I can. I'm fucking running down the highway with this motorcycle looking like an asshole because like now all the people that I passed is passing me and they see me pushing this motorcycle down the highway laughing at me like, oh, look at that fuckhead, you know? <laughs> so um, I guess the overpass... You know, I call somebody and like I'm I'm like almost to Indiana at this point, so I'm calling P. I'm like calling. Uh, I got AAA and I'm calling like, hey, I got a motorcycle, and this was when uh, winter was ending, spring was coming. You know, motorcycle season is coming up. I kind of start my motorcycle season early because I'm balling, um, and I got good gear. If you got good gear, you know, and you can like deal with forty degree weather, you know. That's when your that's when your season start. So so I'm telling them like, hey, I got a bike, and then they you know it took them it took them three and a half hours for for them to get someone out there to me. And then when they finally get there out there to me, the guy comes up. He's like, you got a motorcycle? I'm like, like yeah, dude. I've been talking to the lady for the past you know hour and a half. Yes, I have a motorcycle. Like I don't have my motorcycle equipment. Not that many tow, uh, tow trucks does because, like, you know, we're still in spring, you know. And I'm just like, well, I don't know what to tell you. So then, like, two more hours after that, I finally get a tow truck to come out there and, uh, you know, tow my bike. And luckily, there was, like, a McDonald's, um, you know, relatively close. So, like, I jumped you know, over the uh, median, and then I had to, like, run across, like, three lanes, you know, I, obviously, I waited until it was, like, a prop appropriate time, I just didn't, like, just run across, and then I, you know, walked up that, like, uh, grass um, turn ramp, or, you know, that, that's, you know, that grass area where your, your exit ramp and your entrance ramp is, and then, like, over two uh, lanes to get to this McDonald's, and then I called him like, hey, you guys are taking forever. It's cold outside. I'm not waiting out there for me. So when you see when someone, you know, pulls up to the bike, let me know, because I'm like, you know, three minutes away. And so like I had my um, my backpack with my laptop with me and a portable external battery charger. And so I was sad. I was just like watching Netflix. And I went. So they picked me up and then the guy was taking me back to Chicago I think I, I think I dropped that bike off at the the climbers residence. No, no, I took that thing right back to the shop. I, I had them drop them off at the shop, and then I left them a voicemail. Oh no, I called them before the tow truck even got there. I was like, "Hey, uh, I'm leaving my bike there. Like, uh, there's like a Honda motorcycle repair shop in Lyons, on um, what the hell is it on Ogden." Like you pass the over whites and you go down a couple of like one or one and a half miles, and then it's it used to be there. It's closed now. Uh, so I was talking to him on the phone because they close at five, 
and this all happened at like noon or something like that. So I was talking to him. I was like, I'm gonna leave my keys and my bike outside. And you know, this is my information. And so they took the bike and uh, I pitted or, you know, I was in a truck with him. Uh, we were on our way to, you know, the shop. And then the guy's telling me about like how he was, uh, he was towing all of the, uh, the cars and trucks and stuff for Transformers. Uh, whichever one that they shot in Chicago, like the first one that they shot in Chicago, he was like, oh, yeah, I was the tow truck driver that, you know, brought those, you know, cars into Chicago and things like that. And he was like, you know, telling me that stuff like that. And then um, I got there, got a ride to the climate residence, and then my mom picked me up, took me back home, and then I rented a uh, Volkswagen Jetta to um, finish my trek there. <laughs> Let me tell you, that Jetta was awesome. That Jetta was awesome. But anyways, that's enough story time for now. I'm going to wrap this up and uh, hope you guys enjoyed, you know, listening. And um, I'll catch you next time. This is uh, Undead Soldier signing off. Like, do I need to do that? I don't know if I need to. I'm just going to do it and question it every single time because I can. All right.